Hello, and welcome back to our ongoing series, A Song of Philanthropy and Pedophiles, where we crawl through the freak archives and uh, for all our best hits on Bill Gates, the Gates Foundation, and are combining them, recutting them, and bringing them to you so you can enjoy this divorce and all the dirt coming out about it as much as we are. In today's episode, we're going to talk about things Bill Gates likes to buy. And we're going to go all the way back to December of 2019 to hear about the Bill Gates Book Club and maybe get some recommendations. Then we're going to shoot forward to January of 2021. We have two stories, one about Bill Gates buying a private plane or maybe fleet of private planes maybe because one that he was flying in is no longer on the market i don't know but we're also going to talk about his purchase of large tracts of land all across america bill gates one of the largest farmland owners in america uh, anyways all that and more in today's episode so i will see you at the movies Hey gang, welcome back, it's Bill Gates here. You know, from Microsoft. I'm here to tell you about my five favorite book reads of the year. Because it's Christmas time, it's just nice to sit down by one of your mini fireplaces in your palatial estate and crack open a book. Well, I got a, a list of five great books here that are both informational and fun to read. My first book is by author Sarah Gay. It's called Her Guardian Boss, Fake Fiancé, part of the Christmas romance series. In it, Samantha Whitecliffe has no family to celebrate the holidays with. So moving across the country during the Christmas holidays to start a new job is a welcome start to the next chapter in her life, a chapter where she finally plans to live life like there's no tomorrow. She realizes how true that phrase is when a car accident with her attractive new boss shows her the true meaning of Christmas. And if she's lucky, true love. I give this read two thumbs up, guys. My next big book that I enjoyed reading this year that I think all you should too is from the World Population Review. It's called Age of Consent by State 2019. It's a state-by-state review of age of consent laws in the United States. I gotta say, I was turned on to this by my favorite uh, local reporter, Katie Herzog, who, uh, you know, I think is really doing some brave work and explaining to people the difference between pedophilia and ephebophilia. So, you know, look out for her book coming out on this uh, uh, pretty soon called Epstein Didn't Do It, all right? It's, I think it's going to be pretty good. So my next book on the list is a real thinker. It's, a, it's, a, it's about something close to my heart. It's from Thomas Bainter. It's called... The Ship Book, colon, The Poop Book. Let's go, let's get down to the description here. It says, This book is about shit. Not the shit you have in your closet, or those lying around the house, or the shit in your car. But it's about shit. The stuff that comes out of your body when you have to go to the bathroom. Not the stuff that comes out your front side, but the stuff that comes out your butt. (laughs) It doesn't matter how poor you are, how rich you are, how ugly you are, how beautiful you are. We all got a shit. Isn't that true? And that really gets to the the heart of what we do at the Gates Foundation, just helping people shit every day. Here's another fun one. 
uh, maybe for the kids. It's from Jerry D. Young. It's called Home Sweet Bunker. One disaster after another challenges a group headed by two brothers. Lots of ingenuity is needed to save and protect their small town. It's a heartwarming romance with informative tips that are included on running your own bunker. I gotta say, after building my first bunker in New Zealand, uh, I gotta hand it to Peter Thiel. He's right. It does feel good. Finally, I gotta go conclude with my favorite book of the year. And this one's just a fun sit-down-by-the-fire read. It's from Ivy Smoke, and it's called Temptation. It's book one of the Hunted series. Shy student Penny Taylor always follows the rules. At least that's how it appears to her classmates. But she has one illicit secret. She's fallen hard for her professor, and she's pretty sure he's fallen for her too. Everyone loves Professor Hunter. He's tall, dark, and handsome, and completely unobtainable. But it's the secrets hiding behind his deep brown eyes that allures Penny. Secrets darker than she could ever imagine. James Hunter gave up his billionaire lifestyle in Seattle last year to become a professor of computer sciences. I just added that in, guys. The easiest new rule to follow, don't fraternize with the students. It's easy to follow because he's become quite the recluse in his new town. The only way he knows how to keep his secrets buried. But he never expected to be teaching such a beautiful student. He has to resist her. He needs to walk away. Penny deserves better than a man with his demons. But she's daring him to cross the line. And he's never been one to resist temptation. All right, gang. So those were my five favorite reads of the year. I think there's a little something in there for everybody. So make sure you curl down by the fire on one of your mini bear skin, elk skin, human skin rugs (laughs) in one of your mini giant rooms with a fireplace in your estate and crack open a nice book because reading is learning. do um moving from one richest person on earth to a former richest person on earth our good friend and recent orphan billy gates <laughs> is in the news again yeah a, a recent bastard too you know? yeah. <laughs> so we found this on a twitter thread and i can't I don't really know the origin. I assume it's a retweet because I don't follow this person. And I think I found it. But basically, our good friend Billy is trying to fill the the hole, the void that is the loss of his father. And he's going to buy Blackstone. And there's a piece in The Guardian about this. Well, he wants a piece of the action again. Mm-mm. No, sorry. Is that buying Blackstone? Not gonna, joining yeah, with yeah. Blackstone. Uh, yes, sorry. It's a joint venture, yeah. It, yes. Steven uh, Schwartzman is going to be okay. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> he gave half our listeners a heart attack. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that, everybody. So the, the headline of this is, Bill Gates joins Blackstone and bid to buy British private jet services firm. 
Gates's Cascade Investment Fund teams up with U.S. private equity firm on offer for signature aviation. Bill Gates has joined a three billion dollar bidding, or sorry, three billion pound bidding war to buy the world's largest private jet services company, just as he prepares to publish his new book, "How to Avoid a Climate Disaster." Awesome. Oh, weird that they would just bring that up. I wonder if there's some sort of juxtaposition they're trying to make. Mm-hmm. Oh well, let's go forward. No, probably not. Yeah. Cascade no, Investment. <laughs> the fund that manages much of Gates's $134 billion personal fortune announced on Friday it had teamed up with U.S. private equity firm Blackstone in a bid for British private jet operator Signature Aviation. The Cascade and Blackstone offer came just hours after rival American private equity firm Carlisle made an approach to buy Signature, which handles more than 1.6 million private jet flights a year. Cascade is already the biggest investor in Signature with a 19% stake. According to a study by academics at Lund University, Gates is one of the world's biggest super emitters. (laughs) (laughs) Due to his regular private jet travel. He took 59 flights in one year, traveling more than 200,000 miles, according to the report, which estimated that Gates's private jet travel emitted about 1,600 tons of carbon dioxide. That compares with a global average of less than five tons per person. Jesus. <laughs> Researchers have found that private jet that private jets emit up to 40 times as much carbon dioxide per passenger than commercial jets. Hell, yeah. Well, yeah, remember to recycle, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Use, yeah. use those biodegradable yeah. straws. <laughs> well, and what it basically says is uh, if Bill Gates can no longer do private jet travel, like if he just uh, vanished for some reason or another, uh, we could add 300 more, 360 more people to the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Gates, who says in the forward to his forthcoming book that he has spent a decade investigating the causes and effects of climate change... <laughs> Obviously not very hard. Wow. <laughs> did, did not respond to requests for comment about his views on the carbon footprint of private jets. Well, this is just like the it was an arrested development where they find out that there's the private detective Martin Mole that their dad is or that their mom's been hiring for years. And they're like, oh, you know, I hired him to see if my father or your father was cheating on me and he never found anything. And their only response was must not be a very good detective. <laughs> That's Bill Gates right here. He's the Martin Mole character. <laughs> Arrested development. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where these carbon emissions are coming from as he flies his you know, <laughs> jet around. <laughs> I'm going to find it yet. He's, he's flying the jet, just circling around the yeah. world looking for him. <laughs> Never landing, having planes come up and fuel yeah, him while he's midair. Yeah, and he's like, oh, we're, we're in too big of a hurry. Don't worry about the link. I'm just <laughs> dumping fuel everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> The billionaire has previously said that owning private planes was his guilty pleasure. Oh, (laughs) come on. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, we thought killing Africans was his guilty pleasure. Oh, geez. No, he has no guilt about that. Well, look, I get it. I can excuse the owning the private planes is a guilty pleasure. But does he really have to roll coal with all of them? (laughs) (laughs) Rolling chemtrails. (laughs) (laughs) In a Reddit Ask Me Anything in 2014, Gates said, owning a plane is a guilty pleasure. Warren Buffett called his the indefensible, 
I but, do but get... still owned it and flew it around, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Fuck these people. I do get to a lot of places for foundation work I wouldn't be able to go to without it. Wow, that's Pla- so places, epic. Places epic, that sir. don't have commercial flights that go to them? Yeah, yeah. What places are those? Little I wonder. Oh, wow. Holy shit. He's just dabbing. Like, he, mm-hmm. wow. He's just saying, I go to all the, like, uh, like there's no commercial f- flights to Schwenborgenstein, you yeah. know, the like 30 rock country in Europe for only rich people. <laughs> and, I mean, it's pretty much like, you know, is like just the, the pedophile, uh, mm. like, uh, Republic. Satanic Republic of the pedophiles. Yeah. Um, there's probably, there's places like that all, all over the world. I bet oh, yeah. little St. James is all over, you know, there's probably, you know, uh, some yeah, like tiny Magnolia. island off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Magnolia. We know that that's a tidal <laughs> island. With no, again, with no airport. Do we? Do we know whether or not? So, look, you can't tell me for a second that Bill Gates wasn't pissed that Jeff Bezos passed him, and now Elon Musk has passed him. Right. So he's got to get back in the game. He's getting back in the game, and he's like, "Oh, look." Even though he's supposedly trying to give away all his fucking wealth. <laughs> yeah, Epstein made a mint with a pedophile plane. What if I had a pedophile air? What if I had all the pedophile planes? <laughs> I mean, what, and what's so poetic about this is like, you know, Bill Gates and Steve Schwartzman, who's the chairman and CEO of Blackstone, right? Who, who by the way, Schwartzman, huge Trump supporter, like um, uh, flaunty billionaire um, who made his money off of basically like vampiric um, finance capital and extraction. It's what private equity does. But um, their competitor, um, they're up against, right? They're all bidding against this private jet company and their competitor is the Carlyle Group who may oh. or may not have been accused <laughs> of um, doing a little something on September 11th, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates is like, think of how many towers we could take out if we, if we went fully <laughs> private, you know? <laughs> you know, this article... What it's highlighted here with his, you know, carbon emissions and like what a fucking sack of shit he is, uh, is this reality? So Gates and every other fucking rich person on this planet is an awful Malthusian and is going to use climate change to justify like some mass execution of huge portions of the planet. But then when you look at their lifestyles and stuff, their Malthusianism is about maintaining their lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. if he has to kill five million Africans so that he can continue having his, uh, you know, flying around in the indefensible with Warren Buffett, that's what he's going to do. Right. That's Gates's environmentalism. You know, that's his Malthusian you know, sort of nature. Right. Right. And uh, yeah. Fucking gross. <laughs> Fuck this guy. This guy <laughs> fucking sucks. I hate this guy so fucking much. <laughs> yeah. He blows. So there's another picture from an article in the Twitter thread. And it just says, thanks, Dad. This must be from some other British rag or something. Mm -hmm. Bill Gates treats his family to a Mediterranean vacation on board a 450-foot super yacht, complete with a submarine, 12 staterooms, and a helicopter to fly them to and from tennis. And it's got a picture of this uh, super yacht. It doesn't even have a tennis court. Uh, Well, Uh, it might. I mean, if you look at the size of it, it could definitely comfortably hold a tennis court. This thing yeah, easily is a monstrosity. Yeah, four hundred and fifty feet. That is a that's a 
you know, that's like, you know, the yachts don't get any bigger than that. I mean, like the helicopter on the yacht looks like an ant. It's yeah, they have yeah, to even like circle yeah. it with a red line. You're like, yes, this is the helicopter. That's like, where the right helicopter here. is. Yeah. Like, let's yeah, zoom in on the helicopter. Yeah, it only has 12 staterooms. You could probably fit like you could probably fit 400 staterooms on that boat. That means those are those are suites. Those are massive suites. Well, you also have to have room for the slave quarters. That's that's the well, that's not a, that doesn't that's not in, included. Crew quarters are not included yeah. in the stateroom count. <laughs> yes, there are definitely also large crew quarters for probably a like 40 person crew. I meant more for the entertainment that he's probably bringing on board. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, who who who? You know, when you assume when you may or may not assume like you know role of chief Epstein officer, like <laughs> you have you have to go big. Yeah. Well, and when people talk about the rich, like, uh, drinking adrenochrome and shit, how is that crazy when you look at stuff like this? You know that place, that thing has a huge pizza kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ephibophile spares no Extra expense. cheesy. It's <laughs> fucking grotesque. Yeah, fucking awful, grotesque. awful. Um, yeah, things should happen to people. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> This is awful. It's awful to hear about. I hate hearing about these rich capitalist motherfuckers. So maybe we could hear a story of, you know, some horny handed uh, sons of toil working the good earth, uh, living the way we were supposed to. Right. Uh, Colin, was there any was there any stories about some good just American farm life that came out this week? Yeah, there was a a big story. I don't know what it is about this person and their spouse that has made them so hot recently, but <laughs> yeah, I think it was something about um, building a baseball diamond so that he could meet his dad again. <laughs> uh, Gates Acres is the place to be. <laughs> So I'm sure that farm living is the <laughs> life for me. You, you've probably seen this headline by now or saw a tweet go by amongst people screaming about the minimum wage. But Bill and Melinda Gates became the largest private farmland owners in America as of last week. Hot I think damn. it was Thursday. Last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this article that we found is pretty long. I don't know that we want to read it, but yeah, but it's it talks about how essentially, of course, it's credulous and um, lionizing of Gates and talks about all the great work that they've done killing Africans and trying to destroy, mm-hmm. destroy public education. But they've also created a agricultural group, which is headquartered in St. Louis. It's called Gates AG1. And its focus is on research that helps smallholder farmers adapt to climate change and make food production in low and middle income countries more productive, resilient, <laughs> and sustainable. That is so fucking perfect. It's like like how how much clearer do you does it need to be for you to understand that philanthropy is just about fucking washing the blood off the hands of the rich? Because like <laughs> 
This is so like here we have the the article in the same article they get to say, "Yep, uh, Bill Gates is now the biggest holder of farmland, the biggest single holder, whatever it is." And in the same article they get to say, "And is giving a bunch of money for research to help smallholders." And it's like those are two. Yeah, competing. opposed interests, <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I mean, it's just so fucking cl- like, what, what more illustration do you need? But wait, but I mean, fuck, man. Well, and again, I mean, this shows the extent to which we're mystified by all this. Of course, on when this came out on Twitter, that Gates is now the largest landowner in America. Instead of people going, "Oh, cool, so we live under feudalism," there was all this speculation. of, what could he possibly be doing with all this farmland? Because it must be some techno whiz project. Uh, my favorite response was somebody just saying, if he is the largest farm owner, I'm sure he's going to do great things with it. Like feed the many. And <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Because regular everything we know yeah. about Bill Gates. Yeah. Having the largest number of things. <laughs> yeah. And his history of, yes, ending world hunger. You dumb fuck. Yeah, and basically- a man who's chosen every day for the last thirty years not to fucking feed the many is well, going to do it now. And as this article, which we'll link to in the fucking notes uh, from Successful Farming, you know, as it sort of notes, I mean, this guy kind of tells this very windy story. But in it, one of the things he talks about is like, look, savvy investors are plowing millions of dollars into farmland because you can get people to work it for you or you essentially become a landlord. Like people will pay you to work it or they'll buy it from you at a, you know, increase in price, right? These are speculative assets, right? This is not a project. Speculation or rents, either way. Yeah, basically it's a win-win for Gates because he's either your landlord or he's the guy who basically is fucking you when you try and purchase the land from him, right? But either way, he wins. And it's not like... This is how rich people become rich. I don't understand what, why this is so fucking hard for people. Like, they become rich by controlling all the assets in society, right? Uh, but people were just in, seem to be totally hung up on this idea of, like, well, if the, if the Windows guy bought all this farmland, he must be building the world's biggest window. Or <laughs> 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 it, it, it must, yeah, it must be an innovative scheme, right? Not just, like, yeah. just basic needing just needing a place to put money these people have this obscene this i mean to call it obscene wealth is like mm-hmm. that doesn't give credit it like, just, obscene just isn't even like it's not a, a, a i mean it's just it's satanic the satanic yeah. wealth that they have to put somewhere my god that's what's the only thing that's driving fuck the economy of the world at all at this point is fucking billionaires needing to put their money fucking somewhere they have to mm-hmm. own something and the thing is is there is why no- our fucking real estate prices are what they are in this town because billionaires like bill gates and the rest mm-hmm. of them have to buy land because what the fuck else are they gonna do they they just need they that the scale of the problem is such for these people in their minds that they just are desperate to find fucking shit to buy because yeah. That could will at least hold value and maybe maybe pay out on that investment either through speculation or rents. Yeah, and I mean this is the connection to our free episode where basically 
you know, capital has won so much over labor, right? That it just has, it's like, uh, uh, what's his face? The, the duck that Scrooge McDuck or whatever diving in their like swimming pools full of gold coins. Right, school, Scrooge McDuck failed yeah. to diversify. Yeah. Okay. And that's a capital student. So this is from that exact same article. Uh, so yet farmland assets aren't the sole component of the Gates's land holdings. In 2017, Cascade Investment bought a quote significant stake in 24,800 acres of transitional land on the western edge of Phoenix, the most populous city in Arizona and the 10th largest metropolitan area in the country. The acreage sits off Interstate 10 and it is poised to be accessible by Interstate 11, a proposed highway that would traverse five miles of the 40 square mile holding. This is literally this railroad Western. shit. This is railroad shit. This is the same scams that rich people were running in the 1880s. Yeah. Like, and so I have the land that, you know, because you have, the political connections because you have the in you're the smart money okay yeah. so you buy up the land that you know the railroad is going to go through and then you because maybe to buy it early enough it maybe has to be not a sure thing but you have the early intel because you're rich and then you have the power to now now that you've got your investment in place you can make that or you can make sure that does become a reality yeah so now Part of by, by whatever means, part of that wealth will be used to ensure you can now if that sale has gone through, you mm. can fucking bet Interstate 11 will exist. That oh, yeah. will happen. If Bill Gates way, has invested, Gates, the guy who's supposedly going to save us from climate change is doing is, Lex um, Luthor shit. Yeah, and it's doing a Real massive land speculation shit. deal that involves the creation of new highways and suburbs. The very thing that's choking us fucking to death yeah. on this planet. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why, you know, we can't take any of this Gates Foundation shit seriously. Yeah. Because what I mean, he's actually doing with the money is making life worse and essentially exasperating every problem that he you know, claims to be tried to solve. Um, he's I mean, trying to make more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing about like landlordism that people don't get is they look at these people and because we've lionized all of them and we consider Bill Gates to be something more than a man, like some sort of God emperor that has come down from heaven, like, you know, maybe not Where quite, would we be? Not quite Zeus, but like Hercules or something, you know. Yeah. Hercules and, with pit stains. Yeah. yeah, basically. So we don't think that they'd be engaged in something as ugly as fucking landlordism. But Warren Buffett, Bill Gates' close personal friend. He really huge, is the biggest landlord. Yeah, a huge part of his fortune is because he is the largest owner of trailer homes in the United Not States. Not just that, though. I mean, he owns all kinds of properties yeah. that people like live residential property. But if you got a loan to purchase a trailer home, there's like an 80% chance Warren Buffett gave you that loan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And here's the, you know, and I mean, they have about, offices, Berkshire Hathaway. Those Berkshire yeah. Hathaway offices you see in like strip malls and stuff, that's what it is. It's, it's, uh, yeah, financing on their, they sell you the land and finance it in-house. So what kind of uh, landlord is Warren Buffett? Well, here's from the Seattle Times in 2016. Buffett's mobile home empire makes record profits while foreclosing on 8,400 homes. So he is a brutal landlord. How how is that possible? (laughs) They made a bad bet on all those loans, Mm -hmm. right? So they, as actors in the free market, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, made loans to a bunch of bad loans that were bad, but essentially they made investments that didn't pan out. 
Yeah. So it's it, like it's like buying a stock that turns out to be uh, worthless, right? Yeah. Um, well, and the trick is, but it, then, but how did they make money, Brian? Well, you know, if I had all this, those stocks were bad. I had this neighbor as a kid. Shit, I had this neighbor as a kid, and he used to always carry around a pistol with him which we learned one day because there was a snake in the backyard and he shot. And granted, we live in a fucking city. Like, we weren't out in the country. We live in the city. And he just started sure. blasting fucking into our backyard with this pistol. But I remember asking as a little kid, watching this guy just open fire on our on our lawn, asking my mom, like, what the fuck? And she was like, oh, he's a used car dealer. And as a kid, I just accepted that because, you know, oh, like yeah. five or whatever. And it wasn't until I got older that I like asked. Cowboys, I was like, cops and used car dealers. Yeah. And I was sure. like, what does that mean? Like, he, why would you have a gun if you're a used car dealer? And she's like, oh, well, because like the way that his business works is he sells somebody a house who has bad or a house. He sells somebody a car that has bad credit. When they inevitably don't make their payments, he immediately goes and repossesses it and sells the car again to another person with bad credit. And so he ultimately sells the car about 15 times. And between all those down payments and all those payments on the car that he gets from them before he repossesses it, he's paid the car off 10 times over, right? And that's why he carries a gun. And that is Warren Buffett. That's what he's doing in the fucking, with Berkshire Hathaway, that's what he's doing in the mobile home market. But Brian, what's What's Warren Buffett's gun in this analogy? Yeah, exactly. The answer is the cops. Yeah. It's, the gun is the cops, folks. Yeah. You're the snake. My neighbor, yeah. My neighbor at least had the guts to do it himself. <laughs> or well, he's a small timer, the you know. Yeah. But, I don't know. These, that, you know uh, that's probably a dying breed because now, at this point, the cops in most places like understand so completely their role. Mm. Like, I'm sure, yeah, if you're... Do you, I wonder, I wonder, so, I mean, the, you know, they send the, the counties, you know, the county courts send the sheriff to uh, evict you. Mm. They already do that. I wonder if in any places cops are called as backup to auto repossessions. I mean, honestly, if they aren't That's, already, it's, it's going to get there. Yeah, it would amaze, like, I have never, that is not in my mind. I have no, like memory or knowledge of this but that sounds so completely true that had that has to be happening like as a matter of course like maybe they're not doing it on contract like because it's not um because they don't have to see the reason the sheriff has to get involved in all evictions basically in all legal evictions is because you are asking the court because there are actually mm -hmm. some protections for the place you live we do still have some laws left in america to protect people and so you have to petition the court basically to legally kick someone out of the place they live mm. of course that's all a fiction because they're just going to always do that and so then the court sends its agents the sheriff to go enforce that with the case of cars like they don't have to do anything they can just come yeah. and take it in the night there's no legal proceedings they have all the rights yeah. there but i w wouldn't be surprised if like there are local sheriffs and police departments that are like regularly like will post up with a used car dealer or a repo service um when they want backup like that just oh, sounds yeah. so can you just see like steven seagal like oh we gotta go over to the one of these uh this is a bad ombre over here hasn't been making his car <laughs> payments we're gonna go help the this repo man take the car back you know uh 100 has to be you know, it has to be going on, right? Guys, they got the cops on speed dial. Growing up, a lot of my extended family lived in rural Indiana. 
And again, one of the eye-opening things growing up as a kid was realizing that all those farmers that we had see out there and shit, not a fucking one of them owns any of that land. Yeah. They're all just contract labor on the fucking land. The land's all owned by like two people and everybody else just works it. I mean, it, you know, it is, this whole Bill Gates thing was interesting watching people try and wrap their head around how the economy actually works. And it's like, no, the capitalist class literally owns everything. <laughs> like, you don't have anything. They own everything. Um, but yeah, so what's Bill Gates doing with all that land? He's a fucking landlord. That's what he's doing with it. He'll speculate and whatever goes up in value, he'll sell to the next giant fucking, you know, capitalist who wants to try and make money off of it. The shit that he can't successfully sell. Uh, guess what? You're going to have to rent it from him probably at a fucking jacked up rate because now he's mad. He couldn't unload it. Yeah. Well, this is why you should live on boats. <laughs> because... This is why seasteading is the answer. That yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, when the, your landlord wants to evict you from your apartment, uh, you can't just steal your apartment, can you? <laughs> now, in a better world, a world in which the working class was conscious and working mm. for itself. A water you... world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a diff- there, are two, there are two paths we can go down. Right now, in a, w- without a... a self-conscious working class your only option is to live on a boat so that which because you as an individual when faced with repossession and effective eviction from your residence you can just steal it and disappear yeah uh and there's nothing they can do in a better world you could do that with an apartment but not but you can't do it alone you need a united working class to help you steal your apartment from your landlord. When the <laughs> landlord comes to evict you with the sheriff, you just steal the apartment and you, you say, sorry, motherfucker, this is mine now. <laughs> you want to, you want to do something about it? All the, uh, my, my working class brothers are going to murder you. Yeah. And then you, you, that's how you steal an apartment today. That's not really possible. Yeah. That's we'll why, see as this eviction crisis like comes up. We'll see if we can get people together enough. If people get together and organize to steal their apartments, like. But I mean, it's going to take a lot to really do it long term. To really do it effectively, some people have been trying mm-hmm. some doing some squats. They were doing they were squatting in that hotel in uh, Tacoma a couple weeks ago. They got fucking kicked out of and arrested. So they're making an effort there, but ultimately they got their heads caved in, you know? So um, right now, boat is still the best option as an individual because unfortunately we don't have like class consciousness. Floating, not voting. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Hell yeah. Get out of your land city. Get into your... This has to be a whole theme for the, the, the merch this year. Yeah. You know, uh, Marine, uh, Nautical themed uh, seasteading. Mm. Yeah, I like yeah. floating, not voting as a as a slogan, Colin. Well, I wish I could take credit, but that actually came directly from mm-hmm. that video. Yep. Oh, no, we're still going to take it from him. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. It's funny, too, because you are agreeing with them, essentially, though they would float away for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if attacks, if their governance provider, their floating governance provider instituted attacks <laughs> that they didn't like. <laughs> or any other authoritarian, statist, collectivist kind of policy. Mm-hmm. You just cut you f- 
cut your line, you just leave. Fuck them. You just leave. <laughs> well, uh, lovely patrons, that is a little insight into the future. We are going to be talking seasteading this year. <laughs> <laughs>